<clears throat> Let's do this. Kid with a Cape Podcast, your number one in hit podcasts. Lock it in and rip the knobs off. This is KWC with John Heffron. This is comedian John Heffron, Kid with a Cape Podcast. Random interviews, reflections, and predictions from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and today. Now broadcasting from his 1840s farmhouse, here's John Heffron. Yeah. His old house. Flowers growing. It's pretty awesome. So listen, I got some notes. I got some notes about this show. Here's what people are saying, and I don't know if I like it. I, I like it because it's feedback. I don't know if I'm going to follow it. This show, I'm going to try, and then you can tell me. Um, I think I'm going to make them shorter. I think I'm going to try to make these just nice size bite chunks. Is that a thing? So we're going to keep these short. I'm going to keep my thoughts down to very precise. And then boom, interview. And guess what? Bam. Done. I miss making those sounds. I did that all the time as a kid. Just walked around. Anyway, so on my, hope you're well, by the way. Um, I know. Are you leaving your house? I just want a haircut. I just want a haircut so bad. I want a haircut and I want to perform in front of people. Is that a thing? Maybe I can do a show and then we give you legal haircuts in the back? Or is my show going to be illegal? I think it is for a little bit. All right. Uh, on my Facebook page, I asked people, uh, let me turn this down. I asked people, what have they learned about their partners during this whole pandemic? And by the way, I was going to print this up, but um, I don't have ink in my printer. I don't did printer ink. Does it evaporate? Oh, my God. Add that to the list of things I can't say. Count of Monte Cristo and evaporate. So anyway, I can't print this up, so I got to scroll it. And that's a huge pain in the buttocks. All right, so I asked people on my Facebook page, what have they learned about their partner during this whole thing? What have they learned? Because maybe you learned something about your partner. Because some of you, this is the first time you've been around them for this long. I don't know. That's either good or bad. I think divorce rates, people are saying, are going to go up. Or or maybe people are bonded. Or maybe you got to get a deeper bond with the person you're with instead of just, uh, who knows what I'm saying. Anyway, here's what people that I asked. Here's what they learned. Learned that I love my family, but when we are free to leave, it would be okay with not seeing them for a month or so. It's good. Somebody else thought, Amy thought, that she was a dog person until she spent 24-7 with them. Amy's thinking a little bit different. Diana says that they're psychic. Always seem to be in front of her the exact cabinet that she needs to get into. Yeah, right. Some of you are learning about the size of your kitchen and whether it's a one-butt or two-butt kitchen. Shout out to Kate. I've been living by myself, but the conversations I've had with myself, you would think there's a house full. I've definitely thought that. I've definitely talked out loud. And I'm like, did I? I don't even know if I was thinking it or if, if it was verbally coming out of my mouth. But I think I must say stuff verbally out loud enough to make Alexa just chime in and, and want to say something. Um... 
My buddy Mark Ridley says, I think my wife wants to put a collar on me and pretend it's an invisible fence. Listen, Mark, you want to get kinky with your wife, the son of our business. Uh, it reminds me of when I used to get grounded as a teen, except now I'm able to watch TV. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of banished the... Okay. Uh, Anthony, when I asked everybody on my Facebook page what it's been like being around their family or what have they learned about their spouses... Anthony says, honestly, boredom makes my wife frisky. Good times. Listen, that's the case, Anthony. You want to be bored? You should come to one of my comedy shows. Get your wife all horn doggity. And then you owe me. I also learned that when I build my house, I'm building it with an indoor park, a greenhouse movie theater, and a spa. That way I never have to leave except to get milk. Yeah, seriously, if, if it wasn't a money issue and you had toys at your house, why would you want to go anywhere? I don't know. People are excited that, you know, movie theaters are starting to open or will, but I, I don't, I wasn't that into going to them anyway. So yeah, just food being maybe sent to the house. Uh, although I think instead of getting bags, what about this? What if there's like an ice cream guy that just has food, like a grocery store on the, the, in the van or in the cart and he just drives around and plays music and then you go out to you know the cart and you can get your toilet paper and you can get your soap and whatever and you don't even need a bag it's just you buy it right off there i don't know that's something do we need more music sure what's this one? Oh wow this this makes this song the thing really weird that she hangs out and listens to me chew all right I've learned my family takes offense when you tell them you're camping on the roof for the next three days. That's good. Um, Carrie Ann says, I learned that I'm dating always on the speakerphone office guy. Oh, look at this. Alan says, I'm totally married to a hottie. Hmm, look at that. Staring at somebody this long, you get a little excited. Uh, Christina says, husband can cook. Hmm. And Bill says that he learned, um, now just learn your wife's best friend's name and her husband's. Why would you do that? Anyway, so I am going to call one of my good friends in comedy. He's super famous. He's done a lot of stuff. Let's give. No, I don't want to do it. I'm going to call my buddy, Maz Jabroni. All my friends all have uh, wall phones still. And uh, I like to call them and see. So let me. Let me, let me just call him, see if it's the same number. Okay. Hey, Moz. John, what's up, man? Hey, how are you? No, it's weird. Is your phone, um, it, it doesn't even sound like you, you picked it up. Were you just on, on, you know, did you just have the receiver to your ear? Is that how it, it works? It was called waiting. It was, it was called waiting. Oh, I, you- I have, Yeah. You, yeah, it's the wall one, but but call waiting. Are you in? Uh, are you in your in like in the closet so your parents don't hear you? Do you have the phone like yeah, pulled? I, well, I got the cord. I pulled the cord from the kitchen. Yeah, and I'm actually laying down on my side as we as we talk. Oh my god, are you curling your hair? I'm curling like, like my you hair. Have like like you know I mean not curling but with your <laughs> finger just yeah do with my it. finger that I lost twenty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, all right, but so uh, I have so many questions for you, and this is more for me to. Uh, first off, how are you doing in in this whole thing? You fine? Uh, is everybody fine? Yeah, you know I think I go through um, maybe 
68 emotions a day. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I think I think <laughs> I think on the last podcast, uh, probably repeating myself at this point because I uh, I don't know who I talk to at this point. Uh, I've had conversations with my my Roomba. Literally got caught in the corner, and I was like, "Hold on, hold on, I'll get you out." Like it was a weird, but I didn't think the Roomba would. Like I thought the Roomba just understood that I was trying to help it. Uh, so I, I've been having these dreams where. I, I'm not ever have those dreams where you you don't feel like you're prepared for the test or you have like a, an exam that you didn't study for or like dude that's yeah that's one of the biggest dreams I had and, and so I actually dropped out of a graduate school program I I gotten into graduate school to get my PhD in political science because my parents had convinced me to be they wanted me to be a lawyer and then. And then I said, okay, I'm going to give up my dreams of doing any comedy or anything. And then, and then along the way, I decided, you know what? I don't want to be a lawyer, but maybe if I'm a, if I'm a professor, that's kind of like performing in front of people. Right, right. But also, it's like maybe they'll be happy about it. So I got into this PhD program, and the very first year, I realized I don't want to be in this. So I dropped out. But before I dropped out, it was at UCLA. There was a, a, a theater. Uh, there was a play. And, and this girl who was doing the play was like, Hey, I'll put you in my play if you just hang around till the spring of that year. And so I would just go to my political science classes and take incompletes and fails in order to come back and do a play in the spring. And so when I left, I left UCLA with a bunch of incompletes. And I used to have a nightmare when I finally decided to get a stand up like a year or two into it. I would have a nightmare where I'd wake up and I was like, oh my God, I got like four papers I have to do. I've got incompletes. I got all this, I got all these, these tests I got to take. And then it would take like, like three seconds. And I kind of look around and be like, oh no, I'm a comedian. I don't have to do any of that. Right, right. It was the best feeling in the world. I still, I used to have dreams where I'd wake up and I didn't know if I graduated, like, but I didn't know. Like I felt I didn't graduate from high school. Like I didn't know what the dream was, but whatever I woke up, I feel like, uh, I, I didn't graduate, whatever, but I couldn't put, you know, did I pass my driving test? Did I pass? I, I don't know. It was but I've been having that dream only because, I mean, it, how long have you not been on stage doing stand up? Like old school. So, remember remember stand so up back in the time, day when there were audiences and we'd get in front of them back in that oh. era. Back in the era before Corona, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, the last time I actually got on stage, it's funny because it was it, it, it all kind of creeped up. So so I had I had gigs out of town uh, in early March, and then I got emails from fans saying, "Please cancel your gig because we th- it, it, this was going to be in Canada." So yeah. they already they already were like, "We think it's that that this is going to spread the virus. Don't come." So I canceled those gigs, but I was like, well, LA is still open. Like no one said anything. So on March 12th were my last two gigs. I did the comedy store, original room, and then the laugh factory. And that was when they had said no audiences. I think of more than 50 people yeah. or something. It was kind of limited audience. Yeah. And, but they were, it was great. We were laughing. It was great. But I was like, but, but whenever I would see comedians, whereas in the past I'd be like high five in or whatever. I'd be like, yo, stay back, namaste. Right, right. And that was it. 
that was it. That's the last time I did stand up in front of an audience. Yeah, I think that's why I'm having those dreams is, you know, I don't know about you, but I've been, one, I've been traveling since I was, ooh, I don't even know, like six. So I look at it this way, like my, my parents got divorced, right? So I would go to one or the other's house every two or three days, right? So you're always yeah. packing. And then through college, I started doing stand up. And then for 30 years, I did do stand up. So I was still, I had the same life. I was still leaving every couple of days to go someplace else. And I've done that for from 18 to 49. Right. And this is the longest little stretch in that in, in my life that I haven't had to be somewhere, but I also haven't been able to perform. And even in my brain, I've been thinking, well, I should write some new jokes, but like, who do you even try them on? Like, and by the time well, I'm done, is it like you're going to hear 700 mass jokes? So, so, so that's why <laughs> that's one of the reasons why I called you is you're doing the thing that I think I need to do. Like one, um, uh, obviously, uh, you have your podcast, but I've been seeing you do more. So I, I saw you do stand up. I un with zoom people or like, I don't know if it was zoom. That's almost like the Kleenex now where it's, it's the, you know, I saw you doing online, but I heard people laughing and I, yeah. it, it was kind of so like, explain what you did. So first of all, I'm totally of the same mind of what you just said. I remember running into you at the Admirals club at uh, American airlines. It's right. funny because when we're comedians, like, you know, it's, it's, it's an individual sport. So you don't realize that all your buddies are all doing the same thing. So I used to be like, oh, woe is me. I got to wake up at four in the morning yeah. to get to the airport by five for a 6 a.m. flight. Right. And then I run into you. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? You're like, I'm doing the same thing. And then on some flights back, I'd be on like early flights and there's, you know, Guy Steve Byrne. Yeah. Rock. Yeah. Yeah. I'd see Steve the same Byrne. guys or Chris Porter. I would see literally the same guys. Like we're all, you know, just yeah. punching the clock and leaving the warehouse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was pretty. It was pretty cool to see that. And I remember actually you were telling me that you were doing back then some gig for like Cisco on a screen or something. I was like, how does that even work? Yeah. And you were like, yeah. yeah, it's a company thing. I'm just gonna do it under a TV. And I'm like, oh, that thought of you. I was like, holy moly, John was doing this back in the day, man. Why well, did that? Um, yeah, I did that. So I, I was in a room and I sat down, and there were like twenty or thirty people in the room with me. That's why it's it's different than what's going on. But so there were 20, let, let's just say 20 people in the room. And then there was a huge screen and there were 20 people in Washington. Then there are 20 people in New York and 20 people in wherever the other city was. So that was 60 people. And I heard everybody laughing, right? Especially right. in the room. It's kind of yeah. like when you do morning radio, if you're kind of like yeah. sneaking in bits, you have everybody on the show kind of laughing. At yeah. least there's some feedback. So when yeah. I've seen people go, hey, do you want to do a Zoom comedy show? I've said no, just because I'm, 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 I'm a scaredy cat. I'm like, I don't, one, I haven't verbally said my bits in, I don't even know, it feels like seven years now. Uh, yeah. and two, like, yeah. like, so what was that experience? So you're doing your, you're doing it. So, yeah, and so then I heard all, people yeah. laughing, though, is what I was confused. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, I, just like you, I, it was weird for me not to be traveling, but I'm just trying to embrace the time and being like, Hey, it's cool. You know, as a matter of fact, in the middle of that, and I've done it a few times now in the middle of one of them, I had this like moment where I kind of went back in the camera. I was like, I, I stepped back to the camera to see it. I go, guys, I'm doing my show in my shorts right now. 
and I kind of jumped up and showed my shorts. I go, if I could make a living doing this, right. I would do it all the time. Right. I mean, if they paid well, they just sit home and do comedy. Are you kidding me? Right. So uh, I was hesitant. I was like you. I was like, no, man. I was like, this is not. How do you do stand-up comedy? Because I was actually jealous of, I forget who it was, some musician. Maybe it was like John Legend or somebody. Or Chris Martin had done like a piano set at home. Right. People would watch. And I was like, musicians, these bastards, they can play music. And, they, you know, yeah. no, you know, you know, the guy plays guitar and piano. That's two songs at least. So <laughs> right, right. that's what I'm thinking. And then I think somebody along the way said something along the lines of like, listen, people are all just, hungry to hear what you're doing, what people are doing. And and so just tell a story of what's going on in your life or what you're saying. And inevitably when, when you and I or any comedians are talking, we kind of make it funny as we go. It doesn't have to always be set up, punch, set up, punch, set up, punch. That said, what I was doing early on was I was doing a daily Instagram live, just like for 15 minutes every day at 4 p.m. my time. I would see Just that was kind of like, was that the one where you, because there's one where you were doing karaoke. Yeah, that's the one. That's exactly, I, I, that's pretty I, much it. Yeah. I feel like a song I've been, I was in that group or in that thing. Like I've seen where I was like, should I just say, Hey, what's that? Then it feels like I'm fishing for people. But uh, yeah, so I saw, yeah. So I saw that. Yeah. So I was, doing, so what happened was, I think I realized early on that similar to, to what we were just saying as a comedian, I can only write so much material. Yeah. So when I'm there, like the first day doing, doing an Instagram live and talking about my life and trying to be funny, like five, 10 minutes in, I'm like, all right, I've told as many jokes as I can so far. I've talked about like, like early on in, during the, the lockdown, our dryer stopped working. So I had these guys come to try and fix it and they were taking forever. And then there was a mouse in my house and so all kinds of, so I'd just be reporting about that stuff. And then quickly I realized, okay, the next day when I'm talking again, people are like, what's going on with the mouse? I'm like, well, we still haven't found them. But then the the story is kind of the same. So then I was like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to start like playing some music along with it. Like there, you know, the DJ D nice on, on Instagram has been doing these parties. Have you seen these at all? Yeah. With, with, uh, I think I saw one thousands of people watching at the same time. Yeah, like Michelle Obama shows up and like, you know, Oprah shows up. and It's crazy. So I was like, you know what? Music's a good way to go because I'm not monetizing it. So what I can do is tell a few jokes and then be like, all right, let's go back. to Let's let's get let's get a song. And so actually the best ones I did of those were a couple of times where I was like ranting. Like there was one of those early times when their people were protesting um, the uh, they wanted to get back to work and all that stuff. I need haircuts. Yeah. Yeah, I need hair. So, so I was like, I just started ranting about that. And then in ranting, there was some punchline, but it was also like, you know, you get a little angry, like a Brian Holtzman thing almost. <laughs> right, right. And so to, to cut the, to cut the, 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 the tension, I'd be like, oh, I don't know. I go, let's, let's get some music. And I just play some music and it just makes it like, it makes it light again. So I was doing that. And so a combination of doing the daily, uh, Instagram live, where it's, it's all, you know, that's almost like a writing session because you're like, what's going on in my life or what's going on in the news that I heard about? And you just on and on and on. And then somebody says to me, like one of the jokes became people, like this was a joke I would do all the time because people would hit me up because when you go Instagram live, people are in different time zones. So a few times I'd be Instagram live and someone would be like, dude, it's three in the morning, go to sleep. And I'd be like, you go to sleep. I'd like yell at the guy. I'd be like, it's four in the afternoon here. It's not my problem. You live in another country. Right. You know? And that became like a part of the, the, the riff and all. So 
uh, all that to say that I felt like I had a handful of material about my life and what's going on. And it kind of made me like have to be prolific in a way, like you have to write about what's going on. So when someone told me, listen, doing stand up now, you just get on, talk about your life and just tell a couple stories. Like for you, you could be like, I moved, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And, and then we, uh, some, someone got, got in touch and said, Hey, will you do a show? It was these people for, from Google, like these engin- engineers at Google. They were like, if you do a show for us, you know, we got a very small budget, but we'll donate to a charity that you're working with. And I was like, all right. So we set it up and I was like, all right. I said, just lower your standards. And you know how it is. The best comedy happens for us. Yeah. When we acknowledge the elephant in the room. <laughs> yeah. So as soon as you show up and you're like, I mean, I, I, what I ended up doing was because I did two or three of them and I felt good about it. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I have this material that's very relevant right now. And rather than holding on to it until who knows, who knows the yeah. next time I'm going to shoot a special, let me just film it. Low quality zoom. I'll put it on my YouTube channel and I'll put out little clips every day on my Instagram, which was what I've been doing. And you know, it, people, and, and, and the way we worked it was I, I, I promoted it. We had like a bunch of RSVPs. A lot of your fans want to see this stuff. People are dying for this kind of stuff. So we had like three, 400 people RSVP'd and then you could see them sitting on their couch with a glass of wine in their hands. They're ready to go. And I did about a half an hour. I got, I got my opening act to open for me. And it was great because a lot of it, like the first few minutes is me going like, guys, let me show you around the place. I'm doing the show. I'm in a closet here. My kids made the sign behind me, you know, you know, just having fun with that. And then maybe you see somebody in the, in the audience, you're like, look at you, you're in your bed. Like, what the hell's going on there? You know, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and it's, it's, it's communicating, you know? Yeah, I was even going to do something because I have a whole old junk drawer scissors bit where I was just going to have people on Zoom just show me their junk drawer and we talk about what's in it, you know, almost like a show that's, and tell. Um, that's beautiful. Like, that, that stuff, listen, stuff like that is timeless. It could keep going. And, and as a matter of fact, I was telling my buddy, Someone had me on a, a a dating advice show, which was great. It was like he, he got he, this guy gets two comedians, and he brings on a, he sells tickets to the Improv at DC, so they make a little bit of money, and they have the two comedians sit there, and whoever comes on, they bring on four or five people. They go, "What's going on? What's your guys? What do you guys want advice from?" Huh. And, and so we get advice, and you make it funny, and they, you could do that every week, you know? Yeah, that's what I think, and in a um. This is a a weird, obviously it's a weird time, but like way back before uh, radio happened, you know, old school back whenever, whenever that was right. There was a lot of comics that were like vaudeville guys that worked a thing. And then there was a transition to where the really funny people, the vaudeville stuff went away. And then there was a transition to everybody who was really good on radio. That's, you know, uh, that's where George Burns and, and Gracie and everybody had like these shows that are on the radio, which everybody loved and they were funny. Then when radio, when TV started to get, you know, invented, people who were really good on the radio didn't always transfer. So there's like this weird process of, hey, there's a new thing. People that were really good at the old thing aren't necessarily going to make it to the new thing. And I kind of think that that's what we're going i don't want to be the guy who can't who can't make the transition but i think that's what's happening now because there are there are feature acts that there are people who emceed for me you know that have done uh you know 
been in comedy for two years that I, I follow on, on social stuff that are just killing it. That, you know, their little stuff that they do is hilarious. And I see their fans and everything is just increasing. And I'm like, oh, that that's awesome. Once this is over, now they kind of have a fan base. That's what's, I don't want to say this time is great. So at all, that that's not what I'm saying. Um, but as a performer, it's a weird time because th- there was a huge reset button, I feel. Like there's a bit of yeah, like excess, I think, you know, where, where you kind of, I, I got lazy for, you know, I, I never literally today, um, I was talking to my manager just about, you know, you start looking at your calendar going, well, you think so are all the stuff in June gone? Yeah. All the, okay. What about July? It's definitely gone. Nah, nah, I'm getting, you know, July's might not be a thing. So then you start to get stressed, right? Cause that's yeah. how we make money is, is calendars fill. So then I started thinking, oh, me and my manager started talking. He's like, people aren't necessarily going to want to run indoors, right? Maybe the first adapters will, you know, the people that want to just go, I don't need the government tell like those people are going to run in and be around a lot of people. Um, yeah. But he's like, outside is definitely going to be a thing. Right. People will yeah. feel safer outside and stuff. And you've, you've probably, I've done a million shows outside. Um, yeah. You know, Rand, they're not the, you know, when, when you've have other experiences to compare it to, they're not the great, they're not, you know, the greatest, but I've also had really fun ones outside. So it, it's weird after 30 some years of comedy that there's a reset button where today, as I'm doing, I bought an old farmhouse and I'm just going around and, trying to see what plants and I'm like, do I even want to, you know, rip these up? What do I want to do? I'm like, here's what I want to do. I want to find up somebody. I live in a farm community. I want to find somebody with a barn and, and have a, a comedy thing at the barn and get like 30 or 40 people to show up. And then I had a moment where I'm thinking, okay, now my life is like footloose. I've literally gone from, you know, yeah. performing <laughs> in front of a, like a billions of people, not really, but you know, to, to I'd, yeah. I'd be excited if I can get 20 people to show up at a barn, you know, because yeah. in Michigan still, I'd still, you can't go to restaurants or anything. So it's totally like footloose where you shouldn't be there. You're going to go and you're going to tell everybody about the secret bonfire that's going to have, you know, stand up comedy. Hmm. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Listen, it's like, it's, it's survival. Listen, first of all, I realize we are, by nature, we're not, we're not lazy. I mean, I think, I think as a comedian, you learn early on, you got to go on and on and on and get up on stage as much as you can. So when something like this happens, where they've taken that opportunity away from you, 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 you know, maybe, maybe for a few days you sit around and you go, oh, this is kind of cool. I can have my days to myself and this and that. But then by, you know, day five or six, you're going, I got to do something. So it's funny because when I was doing the Instagram lives, people, you know, my fans on Instagram would hit me up. Be, oh, thanks so much, man. That really, uh, you know, you give me some good positive energy when you do those. And I'm like, I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for me. Like oh, I man. need to do it. So similarly, you know, the for you to put the thing together in the barn, it's exciting. You go, let's put something. I mean, I was excited when I put my little yeah uh, Zoom comedy show together. I was a little nervous. I was like, what if the Zoom gives out? What if the people aren't laughing? You know, and what if like like I learned early on. I did another comedy show before that, and the guy was like, look, you just gotta like make sure you turn on maybe twenty mics. Not you can't turn on all four hundred. You gotta turn on twenty of the mics so that they can laugh and you can hear them. And other than that. 
you just do your thing. And, but I was excited because I, I was nervous. I was like, what if this happens? What if that happens? Right. So the barn comedy is fantastic. And the only issue, the, bigger, the biggest issue here is figuring out a way for us right now to make this something that can be, you know, earn you some money and it can be consistent because the problem is, you know, unlike music, we need to come up with new stuff all the time or you need a new audience all the time. So, right. you know, that's why this idea of like, if you did like John, you know, uh, you know, John's thoughts and, and some, and some crowd work or John's thoughts and, and, and like relationship advice or something that way, if you did one every week, you have enough to go, what about this, this, and this, and this, and this, and then you, you know, and you charge very little and you just do it on a weekly basis. Why not? That's a uh, speaking of the, it's not even a hustle. It's a matter of um, just trying to figure out. And we as comics aren't the only ones. Obviously I'm always going to have comedy and talk to comedy friends and everything's going to come from my perspective. But I know a lot of people who have, you know, jobs that they deal with the public that don't exist, that are all kind of, it's not even a side hustle anymore. It's literally a hustle. I, I know a guy, uh, my friend Brett, who just made me a guitar, he did all these mud runs. He he put together not not the the franchise name mud run, but obstacle races, mm-hmm. right? And he would mm-hmm. do them all around, and, and they were really successful. And he'd show up, and hundreds and hundreds of people would sign up. And he had all the equipment to do the ninja stuff and swing across the lake. And obviously, mm-hmm. that industry is done. Not done, but for yeah. right, right? Nobody's crawling yeah. over anything that somebody just crawled over, right? And he was just, yeah, yeah. it was, he, you know, he, it was one of those things. So now he's like, ugh, what do I do? And he, he, but yeah. now he's getting old guitars. He's a huge guitar guy. He finds old guitars. He refurbished them, kind of custom. He just made me a Michigan one with the Michigan license plate and he had all this stuff. And then he's been auctioning off these guitars. Um, it's called Punk Daddy Guitars on Facebook. If you go, I think that's the name. He's been auctioning off these guitars, and some of it goes to his charity, and then others literally goes in his pocket. But he's, you know, he lets everybody know that. But that was like his passion or thing he loved doing. And now, you know, in the last month or so, he's legit doing it. And you know, he, he's not, you know, buying a, prof- a professional basketball team. Well, uh, but he's making money from it. So that so it's not even yeah. a side hustle. It's kind of weird how, you know, yeah, this causes you to step out of that your comfort zone to kind of figure out, okay, what else is going? Yeah. Th- that's another thing. I, I I saw people comics on this uh, website. Uh, I know you know what it is, but other people there's a website called Cameo where yeah, and, and literally anybody uh, I've I've seen billionaires. Every billionaire you can think of that's on TV a lot is literally on this thing. Anybody who you know, sports stars to just just legit anybody, you do just video shout outs where they give them some info and they make a video. And if it's somebody's birthday or anniversary or whatever you can think of, it's like a blank Hallmark card. They do it, and everybody has a price. Like you, you know, I'll like some, you know, some. Uh, who, uh, anyway, there's like sports guys that do it for 450 bucks. There's people that would do yeah. it for 150. Uh, there's there's people who do it. You know, we're on season four of some show, and they'll do it for 11 bucks. So I I've only yeah. seen people on that, but I was like, I don't I don't want to do that. Like it kind of feels like it's almost like stripping. Where once I do this, then it's gonna open up all this thing. So then I was home. 
And I might even saw you come up on my feed a lot. I don't know how you're in my algorithm. Uh, You know, I don't know either. I have a certain, I have certain people that show up and I think it's because like, you know, we're nice guys. So you might've seen one and been like, Oh, like, you know, or whatever. So I do that all the time. I'll see a friend. I'll be like, I don't even watch the video. I'm just like, like, and then, and then all of a sudden it's only from that friend. I'm like, what what happened? Yeah. So (laughs) I, so I saw you, you posted about you being a cameo and there was, it was like a funny post. Like, so I was like, you know what? I'm people who I respect or I'm going to, I'm going to sign up for it. Right. So I signed up for it. It was right before mother's day. I did like 10 in the first yeah. half hour of signing up. First one, I felt weird. I'm like, oh, am I even doing this right? Because I'm worried about my background because everyone's background from their videos look cool. Uh, my yeah. eyesight sucks. So on the app, it <laughs> tells you the people's name and what they kind of want. But and yeah. it's on the screen when you're recording the video. But my, I don't want to ever wear my reading glasses. So I have to yeah. memorize all that stuff because I don't want to squint. Hilarious. That's why I can't Hilarious. do Instagram lives or anything like that. Well, I can because I can't read the comments. Be, because, in, in, yeah, so I, I maybe need to hire somebody to. Or well, you got to incorporate that. I think that's hilarious where you're like, I don't know if you guys are cussing at me or not. Yeah. Let me grab my glasses and then grab your glasses and see what they're saying. I mean, that's funny, man. Yeah. So I did the, so I did the cameo and after the, about the second one or third one, then I would, would get excited when, when I saw him, um, you know, cause Dude, cameo's great. Cameo's great. I mean, I, I, I got on like a while back, somebody reached out from cameo do you want to do this I was like, i'll try it like you said i was like and i go how do you set the price they're like well just to test the water set it at 10 bucks a pop i go okay i set it at 10 bucks a pop so i started getting a bunch of requests i was like oh my god this is exhausting i go let me let me raise it i was like 25 kept getting requests then i was like you know what let me see what comedians that are my friends are charging yeah so then i went on and some of them were charging like 75 100 200 i go you know what i feel bad asking anybody to pay me 200 bucks for a shout out yeah but I go, you know what? 75 seems about reasonable because it's a personal thing. You're, you're almost performing for them. And Cameo gets a percentage. So in the end, you get like 50 or whatever. I go, that's fine. And at the time, again, they were just trickling in. So I was like, that's fine. And, and it, I always, the way I gauged it was anytime I'm getting too many, then I go, I up my price. Not, not only because I go, oh, I feel like I can get more, but it's because like, I don't want to spend my whole day doing Cameos. Right. So I kept trying to like price myself out, but now that we're under this lockdown, all of a sudden it's like, really, it's one of the one ways that I have an income coming in. I mean, I'm, again, it's not a lot of money, yeah. but it's kind of nice. You wake up, you go, Oh, I got two or three today. That's another hundred. They're fun. They're, that. And plus they're there. I know I don't want, this isn't a commercial for the, that company cameo, but I I've done a few where people have then reached out to me who I did them for. And they were like, you made my day. We laughed. So and you're like, oh, okay, I guess it is the same as getting something like a, a personal shirt made or something, you know, you're yeah. 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 Although Absolutely. I've seen some, and by I, the way, by the way, our, our job is like our, we're by nature, we can be funny and we can, you know, be sincere to these people. So exactly what you said. And, and it's not some random person that's reaching out to you. It's fans of yours that are reaching out for other fans. So, it's like a meet and greet. And you know how it is. When you do a meet and greet and someone comes up and goes, oh my God, I had the best night of my life. Been following you since da 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 And you're like, oh wow, that's kind of cool. This person's been following me for a while. Uh-huh. Similarly, in this case, you're right. Like your fans are asking you to do a shout out for another fan. And I've gotten exactly like what you said. 
Matter of fact, they go back and they give you tips sometimes. It's the weirdest thing in the world. I'm like, yeah. they tip me? And they go, yeah, they give you an extra tip. Like, That's kind of cool. I got uh, I got one tip and I felt uncomfortable taking it, but then, <laughs> but yeah, not to talk. Yeah, yeah, I felt. Um, Take the tip. <laughs> and everybody, to, to find your cameo, people can just go to cameo slash. Where's yours? Yeah, I made like Maz a. Jobrani. Yeah, it's, it's your name. I, get, I, I honestly, I don't know how people find me on cameo. I did, I'm guessing cameo just puts things out and people figure it out. And then, and then, and then, like you said, hopefully your fans, cause now I didn't even know they could do this, but your fans can share the cameo that you do for them. Yeah. So when they do that, I go, Oh, um, then, then I guess other fans see it and they go, Oh, we should do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, um, I was looking why I, I actually grabbed the website, but then I tried to see if it works. So I'm not going to say it. I tried to do something easy for people to remember um, mm -hmm. and literally forwarded to that. Anyway. Um, all right. So we talked about cameo. Uh, you do the, the comedy on online you're doing and people can follow you on Instagram and all that. Can we see all that good stuff? Yeah. Um, I'm, all, I'm all at Maz Jobrani across the line. People can see me. And, and I think this is the time. As you said, um, you know, we're going to be putting out content and people, if they're bored, come on and check some stuff out and, and, you know, we'll communicate with you. I have an idea and I'll share it with uh, you and the four people subscribed to this podcast. Here's what we got to do. Yeah. We got to get a coalition of comics and create playlists on Spotify and Pandora and throw everybody in like greatest hits. And then that way everybody can use each other to spread the love of everybody in the playlist. I like that. I like that. That's a good way to go. As a matter of fact, like I said, this is a, uh, you know, it's an individual sport, but it's great. As you know, whenever you bring another comedian out to an Instagram live, or if you're just with a couple buddies, uh, so many times I've done like a picture with another buddy and my fans will be like, Oh, I love that guy. Yeah. So you realize there is this cross pollination. I think that's a great idea. Spearheaded and I'm on board. All right, we'll do one on, on Spotify. We'll think of a, a good mixtape name for it. And okay. uh, we will do that. So well, I, I look forward to hopefully running into you at the American Lounge, you know, accidentally. Yeah. Um, one of these days, when, my brother. Whenever that happens. Or, you know, or, you know, you can be part of it. Maybe it's all like horse and carriage where like, uh, you know, carnival again, where you roll into town, we, we set up our tents, we perform and we throw it back okay. onto the hitch wagon and we just ride out of town. I'll, I'll just, I'll see you in the barn, buddy. I know. I'll, I'll tell you the secret location, but uh, you have to dress the, <laughs> like we're going to prom though. Cause that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Footloose. Footloose All right. Comedy. All right, bud. Take care of yourself. Be safe. Don't lick random care, people. John. All right, bud. Thank you, Moz. Don't forget to check out all of Moz's stuff. It's across the board. Moz, M-A-Z-J-O-B-R-A-N-I. Follow him and uh, tell them John Heverin sent you. Also, hey, listen, I'm on Cameo. I don't know how I feel about it, but I enjoy doing them. Uh, check that out. That's Cameo slash John Heffron. Uh, I know you haven't gotten my book yet. Would you just get my book, please? Uh, that's on Amazon. You stay safe. Stay at home for a little bit longer, would you? All right. We'll talk to you soon.
John Heffern is the host. Kid with a Cape is the show. Again and rip the knobs off. This is KWC with John Heffern.